Welcome to After the Act, the film podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we watch. We are your hosts. I am Randissimo here with Requel, or you could call me Reek, but then we'd be crossing franchises. Oh man, crossovers. Well, Requel, good to be back again for another ATA episode and Yes, this sir. time we're gonna get we're gonna get a little spooky with it. Last time we did the top ten of twenty twenty one. Go check that one out. But this time we're gonna be review- reviewing Scream, ah. which is the twenty twenty two film um, of the same name of the nineteen nineties film Scream. It's uh, the which, fifth, which you love installment. so much. Yes, it's it's not a confusing title at all. Um, just like the Fast and the Furious films. Both not confusing and very recommended. Um, but yeah, figured we, uh, you know, we could talk about our relationship with the franchise as a whole. Then we'll do some non-spoiler reviews, and then we're gonna get all up in them spoilers after that. And there's, it's in easy the to, it's easy to almost accidentally spoil what happens in this movie because it's a who done it movie. So you, you know, we're trying not to say who did it. I did it. But damn it, Reek. Uh, oh, Reek. <laughs> But yeah, we figured, you know, just get into it. Talk about Scream, which has spanned, you know, almost three decades now. So, um, Requel, what's your relationship with Scream franchise? How do you like the franchise as a whole? And then did this match any standards you expected from Scream, in quotations, five? Well, let me start off with this. You're throwing a lot of big words at me, okay? Now, Mm. because I don't know what they are, I'm going to take them as disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> That's 40-year-old callback, man. But um, speaking of 40-year-old callbacks, this movie, honestly, I didn't even know it was coming out until last month. Um, I don't think I ever expected another Scream movie, so I stopped looking at any information. Actually, I didn't even want another Scream movie, to be honest. Uh, for any of you who have... And, and by the way, just because we're not spoiling Scream doesn't mean we're not spoiling the other screams okay if you haven't seen the other screams by now i'm gonna give you three mercy seconds to get the heck out of here okay because in order to explain anything in this movie you you kind of have to go back and talk about explicit details of the previous films but three two one okay so after the events of the fourth film i was just like okay there is nothing they could possibly do to make me care about this franchise anymore, right? It was way too meta, the fourth film, uh, to the point where it almost began to spoof itself a little bit. And after that movie, the cast was already old from the previous film, so I'm like, all right, this has got to be it. And then you add in Wes Craven, Wes Craven dying, R.I.P. I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's a wrap for Scream, right? I mean, the TV show was okay. I think that had two seasons, but even then it was way too teenagery for me. Um, so that's my grouchy old man review on that part, but at least that was a separate story with a separate cast had nothing to do with the film. So I was like, all right, I get that. That's fine. Um, but when I saw the trailer last month for this, I was like, this is, is this a joke? Like, is this just like a commercial trying to sell me something? No, it was a real film. Um, and then I saw the trailer. I was like, well, actually this could be kind of good. So, and of course I'm a fan of the franchise. Here at ATA, Malum Pictures, we love anything horror, so of course we're going to watch the film, but Scream is something that is near and dear to my heart. It's kind of that film that revitalized the slasher genre 
uh, back in the 90s after you had classics in the 80s like Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So it already has that clout to it, um, which is why I'm always a little bit anxious when they introduce a new Scream film because I'm just like, eh, you're kind of tarnishing the brand that I actually really love. Um, but all in all, it was actually a pretty solid film, even though I had no idea that it was coming. Uh, which might have actually helped because it, it didn't allow me to build really high expectations. I just kind of went in went in the theater with like a blank canvas kind of mindset. Um, and it was actually enjoyable. I would, and, I'm, and we'll get into more details on this towards the end, but it's definitely not my least favorite Scream. Um, it's, it's somewhere towards the top for me, um, but it is not the best one. So all in all, very decent flick. Pleasantly surprised, not wowed. Um, I wasn't gutted, uh, so to speak, mm. but mm. but I was uh, I was I was screaming a little bit internally, just a little bit, and that was more than what I expected. So, how about you, Randy? Yeah, that's fair. I think my most generous feeling for the movie was I was whelmed. I was very whelmed, and that's at best, definitely at best. Um, scream in general. The franchise, I love it. The first Scream, I'll watch it every year at this point. It's just it's just a delight. Even watching it, the 90s kind of tropes now, I just like it. It's just a really good whodunit. It's funny. It was it was fresh at the time, so it always gets the credit of that meta-commentary angle that we like in different movies like, uh, you know, The Cabin in the Woods or Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, all these things that kind of comment on the genre they're in. Uh, those are fun movies, and that's uh, highly because of Scream. Highly, highly because of uh, the first Scream. And, you know, the sequels are, they've gotten mixed at best reviews. Like, I like Scream 2. I don't think anyone likes Scream 3. And Scream 4 was just, uh, you know, yeah, it was weird. Um, This one, like, I liked, I, liked, I, think, I think it's like a well-written film for what it is. I like the new characters. Like, I like the actors and how they play them. Um, I like some of the meta commentary, like them, like, I wondered what else can they commentate on, right? Like what else could they do? They already do kind of like the whole selfie streaming content generation with scream Four. um, what the fuck are they going to do with this one? And I, I, I enjoyed some of it. It still was way too meta for my taste. Like scream Four was, it was way too, they, they are talking upon meta upon meta. Like the the amount of derivatives they were from the original equation would, will fill an entire whiteboard. So it like, and they did it because they wanted to set expectations of yeah, the who done it twist is going to be something that maybe you were able to guess, or it's not going to be you know groundbreaking. So fans might not like it anyway. So we're probably fucked no matter what we do in the end. Like all right, that's fair commentary, but it doesn't really elevate the story itself to be better or even good just because they point out it might not be as good as fans want it to be um so it, it did feel like they were kind of tapped out for certain twists um i like the characters that you know there there might be a couple of characters we've seen in a previous installment in this one the future cast like i, I would watch them there are two characters in particular one character in particular i actually i love um the whodunit twist was you know, shoulder shrug. Okay, fine. I don't know how they could have made that inventive. Like the movie hit my expectations, and that my expectations were that I wasn't going to be surprised or wowed by the ending. They will ha probably have too much meta commentary for my taste. 
Um, and there might be some decent kills along the way. And I think all of those were hit. I was underwhelmed by the ending and the commentary. Um, I thought some of the kills that they did were refreshing kind of in the same way. Uh, you know, Halloween uh, kills was like, okay, you got some new kills in here. Fun. Um, so overall, I was whelmed by it. Um, didn't like it too much, but it's definitely probably mid-pack in terms of Scream rankings. Um, I do still hate that it's named Scream. Its name is Scream 5. What What are they going to name the next? So this one's approved for a sequel, too. So they're coming out with another one. So what, is that going to be Scream 2? It's going to be it called like, Screams. Scream. <laughs> this name is Stab. Let's go right into Stab. Um, and I do think they like they they did the thing with honoring Wes Craven. I think as best as like anyone could with this movie. So that was uh, it was fun to see. And I'll I'll watch every sequel they put out, and they come on the TV show. I'll watch that shit too. It's just like the Chucky movies for me, even the terrible ones. I'm like I'm going to watch them. Of course I am. You have my heart. You got me young. I'm with you for life. Um, but yeah, okay. whelming film. If you like the original, I think it's probably one of the better sequels. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to get to in spoilers. So unless you have anything else to add, let's let's jump into jump to the kill zone here. Really, the only thing I want to add before we get into spoilers was I'm beginning to kind of see a trend here. Um, I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, but at this point, every decade we're gonna get a new scream. So. I feel like Scream 4, that's when we were freshmen in college, right? Not to date ourselves too much, but we were freshmen in college. So that really was geared toward our generation of as millennials, right? Because we were just starting to get into the phase of uh, Project Free TV, or what was it? Uh, what was Twitch called before it was Twitch? It was like uh, Kyle something. Um, but it was like right at that age of everything being streamed live, right? So it was actually really good commentary because we could it resonated with us in a new age right because if you look at scream one you know cell phones were a brand new piece of technology um that resonated with the youth back in the 90s right and then scream two early 2000s scream three actually no i'm sorry scream two was late 90s scream three early Mm -hmm. 2000s um so it was interesting to see like it's becoming generational at this point every 10 years or so or every new generation we get a new version of Scream that just connects with its audience just a little bit more. So I do like that. It's kind of like the the go-to horror film to connect with a new generation of teens. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and I actually did laugh a lot at some of the jokes that Scream made, not the original, this one, about millennials versus uh, Gen Zers. Uh, so that was that was funny. But this was very much the Gen Z Scream. Like this was geared towards Gen Z, and we'll we'll get into that now with the spoilers. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of those new actors are, you know, young, early twenties, um, and it looks like the sequel is going to begin production this summer. So I guess we're going to get the sequel a little bit sooner, uh, with uh, Spyglass Entertainment taking over the rights there. But yeah, let's let's dive into it. Let's get a little stabby with spoilers for Scream, and um. Yeah, I got to say, like, well, all right. so my favorite part of the movie, I, I love the twins. I actually love them. They're, they're like the the nephew and niece of Randy Meeks, who's the, the original meta commentator, a commentator on the franchise, who, uh, again, you know, he died in Scream, Scream 2, right? He, yeah. was, he was killed off yeah. there. Um, to everyone's 
everyone's anger at that point. But I particularly the the one who plays um God, what's her name in this one? Mindy Meeks. Mindy Meeks Martin. Uh, she's played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. I loved her. She had good energy, good dislike know-it-all energy in the genre itself she played randy's leg like talk about honoring legacies i think she honored that character's legacy very well just pretty much kind of the same demeanor i think it was like kind of like a shrine to their uncle in their house um and they're just fun like she's just like this fun kind of like like straight up randy character who but maybe like a little more charming than randy was originally um so i like that her and her brother were just kind of like kind of carrying all that legacy so everything they said i loved it i will say this i did like the cast the cast of characters were actually pretty likable uh which is weird Mm -hmm. for a scream film because there's always just at least five people involved and some of them you really don't get to care for because they die so quickly uh because you know scream is not known for being these two-hour films with elaborate plots right It, it, it moves pretty quickly um in the same vein of of older older films from like the 90s and stuff so the fact that they were actually made, made me care even a little bit for all the characters just speaks volumes for the actors um, and the writing. So I did like that. Um, the cast was very likable. One of the characters, I think his name is Chad, um, he is played by someone, or that's the same actor that's in Booksmart, which we love. Right? Yeah, Mason Gooding. Yep. Mason Gooding, yeah, one of our favorite films. So it was kind of cool to see him in a movie. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's been in other things, but I haven't seen him since Booksmart. Um, and I will say this, I always like to start Scream by ranking it based on the beginning kill sequence, right? The beginning kill sequence in this one was actually my second favorite. Um, mm. I really, if I had to rank them, I would say Scream 1, you can't beat that opening sequence. It's too good. It's it's so iconic for so many reasons. It's, you see, it's iconic, yeah. Yeah, you see Drew Barrymore, right? You're like, oh my God, Drew Barrymore. She's just, she's an A-list actor, especially back in the 90s. She was like one of the it girls. And then you see her die in the first 10 minutes of the film. You're like, what the fuck did I just see? Did Drew Barrymore just get gutted in the first 10 minutes of this film? You can't beat that kind of hype. So the first intro sequence will always be iconic. You, you can't top it. But Scream was my second favorite, um, which is crazy. I was not expecting that. Um, it does a really good job of integrating the commentary of old versus new, right? Because you get the beginning sequence. The The house has a, home, a house phone, which is very rare nowadays. Most houses don't have home phones anymore. It's all cell phone. So the, the character in the beginning picks up the house phone and thinks she's talking to her mom's boyfriend or potential boyfriend. And then it transitions in, into her realizing that she's talking to a creep or a killer or a stranger or whatever typical scream fashion but then she transitions to her, her cell phone and locks the door using a home security app right and that's when it transitions into the gen z stuff where oh my goodness somehow they have found a way to break into my home security system and be able to unlock the doors from their phone so i'm not even safe that way and it kind of it, at that point it starts to make it more relatable to the current generation um and i thought it was so it paid so much respect to the original opening sequence that it was pretty good it was pretty scary um in the beginning so i think that's the second best one if i had to rank them i would say first one this opening sequence from scream then probably then probably scream scream 2 
um, Scream 3. And actually, Scream 4 had my least favorite intro sequence, to be honest. Um, I didn't think it was very good. It had a lot of cameos, like Anna Paquin and, and whatnot, but it really wasn't... It was way too meta. Way too meta. So, wasn't a big fan of the sure. intro to that one. This was the second best one, in my opinion. And it's really funny you mentioned Randy Meeks, right? Because Randy Meeks was played by Jamie... Jamie Kennedy and I haven't seen Jamie Kennedy in anything so for me he's actually dead like I don't I it almost feels <laughs> like Jamie Kennedy legit passed away uh which which kind of works to its benefit but uh what about you man what did you think about that opening sequence for for this new screen Yeah it was good it was good um I was actually uh, I was more afraid that they'll go way too like new chucky because of the new technology cuz new chucky is all about he slight spoil alert but he can integrate with your smart house so you know you have essentially that disney movie smart house but with chucky for the chucky movie um they they kind of stayed away from that but this one was good it like my only criticism was the house phone like get the fuck out of here you don't have a house phone just leave a cell phone you know you only have a cell phone in your house but other than that it was good like particularly the part where she kept locking it with her app and it got unlocked immediately and then she finally was able to just lock it and then you get the call of like, now, do you think I was able to come in before you were able to lock it back again? Just that whole like, what if he is inside? Fuck, what do you do? That kind of slow build tension is that's what makes the opening uh, attack sequence good. Um, and what I liked about it is that that character didn't die. I think the character name was Tara Carpenter, but she was the one who was hospitalized. And it was all part of the plan to get another character, her sister, back into the fold so that she can be a part of what uh, the killers were planning here. Um, also liked, I believe the last name was Carpenter, Tara Carpenter. So, you know, homages. There's a character named Wes, another obvious homage. I was actually surprised Wes died, actually. I thought they would keep Wes alive in the same vein of keep. They're like, nah, man, Wes, <laughs> Wes Craven would have killed anyone he wanted. So uh, they still went through with that, but. Uh, I liked it. I, th- I think it was a uh, because I was wondering like why did Tara survive? But I think it was a decent reason of like yeah she is uh, bait for the older sister to come through for the the killer's delight. And I really liked that uh, they used Tara because I'm pretty sure Tara is the name of the best friend in the first one, right? Played by uh oh, man. oh it might be I forget I forget the actor name now, but she was also in like the good Grindhouse films with the machine gun leg. Um, Jawbreaker, like all those iconic 90s films. She was in them. Um, so I, I think her character name was Tara, so it was actually cool to see someone else named Tara in the film as well. Um, but yeah, that uh, that was cool too. I also love the commentary in the beginning intro sequence between the killer and the and the character um, because they they talk about elevated horror. Like, oh, what have you seen the movie Stab? She's like, oh, yeah, I did. It, it was okay. Uh, but I actually love the Babadook or Hereditary, right? Hereditary, these, yeah. These are films we've talked about and how much we love the them, witch. right? And the commentary was just like, "Oh, you're just a snob, then. Like you don't like, you don't like the standard go-to horror film." But let me reintroduce you about why you should care about them. So I did enjoy that. That was some of the meta commentary that I did enjoy from this film. So that was a it was a nice yeah. surprise. Yeah. It was good, and um, you know, like this is a this is a movie we knew the legacy characters were gonna come back, and all these characters were the whole thing was kind of a legacy movie, like kind of similar to Scream Four, where it's like okay, they're related to the original X, Y, and Z way, 
Um, and all these characters were in some way. Um, I thought it was interesting to have like these group of kids who could kind of carry on as the new main cast. Um, like particularly, so the actor from Booksmart, um, he, uh, Mason, he, when he did his interview uh, for casting, they liked him so much that they decided his character was not going to die, which I think originally that character was supposed to die. But they were like, we can't get rid of this kid. He needs to be in the future sequel. So I think they they then wrote it in for him to survive at the very end. And I think it was me, like a couple other people in the in the theater who actually kind of cheered a little bit when they saw him like on a gurney giving like a thumbs up to his sister. I was like, oh, I like that guy. All right, cool. He's still alive. Awesome. It had a very um, uh, so, Officer Dewey yeah. vibe to it, right, from like Scream 1 <laughs> and Scream 2, because I think they were also supposed to kill Dewey in the first one. And mm. the you you know how they do like um what are they called, uh test viewings uh before the movie yeah test released. screenings yeah test screenings most of the people who saw it ahead of time the feedback was or test groups that's the word I'm thinking of the test groups said they liked it more when Dewey was alive so they decided to keep Dewey alive so they changed the ending um which I don't know if they purposely did on this one but it, it had that vibe to it considering. You know, we're in the spoiler section now. They kill fucking Dewey. Um, so I feel like... They do? I feel like one replaced the other. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Continue, man. Yeah, I mean, I was going to jump to that. Like, some of the significant killings in this one um, was Dewey. And, you know, we, we were wondering who was going to die. We Like, one theory was all the legacy characters are going to die. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's Dewey who doesn't make it out. Um, which, you know, that's sad. Like he has this redemptive thing. You know, it, it's an obvious one of like I, I, I've already you know put in my time. I'm not going to help you kids. Like ah shit, I should help you kids. I've been stabbed nine um, times and I have a limp. It's like oh fair enough, Dewey. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, and I I do like that. I like when I see wear and tear with these characters who have been, you know, over like this is 25 years after the original uh, events happen in this universe. So, yeah, I love that, you know, he has fucking scars, he's tired, he has PTSD, uh, he has physical, ail- he has fucking a limp that he can't get rid of because of being stabbed every fucking movie, <laughs> like every movie. The 50 um, Cent. So, I, I enjoyed all of that. The Scream films. Yeah. Also, I enjoyed, there wasn't a happy ever after with him and Gail. It was like, yeah, it's, this relationship's fucking hard. It, we couldn't make it work. Um, that's very real. He was, de- when we met him, he was depressed. Once I saw that, it was a really sad Dewey. I was like, okay, he's going to die. He's going to have a redemptive arc and then die. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They got him in a hospital. Um, and I, I feel like he, sh- like he shot the character, like fire the, whoever was that scream, I think it was a girl like five, seven times. And right before he was about to leave, he was like, ah, oh, shit, they always come back and make sure they're dead. And of course they weren't dead and he came back and killed them. Um, but you know, he died saving the kids. It was, it was a very predictive series of events there, but I, at the very least, I like that. That's kind of how Dewey went out saving the kids and making sure they're safe. I, I have so many mixed feelings about that. Obviously they could not go another scream film without killing one of the legacy characters. I actually thought scream four was when they were going to do that to kind of close off the old cast to make way for the new, uh, but they didn't do that, obviously. Um, I will say this. There was something very disturbing about the way he died, right? Because he, 
he was killed so irreverently. He was stabbed and gutted both sides of his body. And like to see him literally get gutted in the silver screen was like a piece of my childhood died, which is definitely what they were going for. So good for them for doing that. But <laughs> when they reveal here, okay. So this is what I want to ask the audience. When you guys listen to this episode, please tell us in the comment section, right? Malinpictures.com or, you know, send us an email, whatever. Talk to us on SoundCloud. But one of the things that really bothered me about this movie is not the fact that a legacy character died because I expected it. I actually think it was necessary if they wanted to make another sequel and this franchise be taken seriously. They had to do it. My problem was, as you said earlier, the ending was so underwhelming, right? The ending was not a surprise at all. And yep. the fact that one of the legacy characters that we love so much was killed by, I almost want to say a bunch of fucking nobodies, was kind of disrespectful, right? Because if you look at all four all four Scream films, each one of the villains in those movies had some kind of deep ties or deep connections to the main characters in some way. And they didn't pull it off. They did not kill Dewey. But it was essentially a bunch of fandom, like a bunch of fanatics who killed him, who had no connection to him whatsoever or any of the characters, they were the ones to kill Dewey. That kind that kind of bugged me. Uh, yes, yes, I, I highly agree with that. That's why, like, the ending was the worst part for me. Um, because seeing him killed like that, it's like it's vicious, but I, that's how they want to kill everybody, a gruesome, fucked-up way. So, yeah, him being gutted like a fish, it feels wrong. It's like Goku dying or some shit, but it's like, all right, that's fair. But yeah, that's the twist here. Like at least the you know Scream Four, it's like it's her cousin or something. Fine, whatever. Um, yeah, there's like fans who like fell in love on like a Reddit thread or some shit, a 4chan thread, about how they love the old Stab movies and they need to make new source material so that the new creators of the Stab films can use their stories they've crafted as part of the material and it can evolve. Like they're just yeah, the meta shit of crafting their own requel. And it's like, yeah, exactly. They're they're the they're the ones who kills all these characters. Like, it doesn't feel right that it's Amber Freeman. Like, but again, I have no idea what who the characters could have been that would have been satisfying. It would have had to have been the twins, honestly, because you know they're at least like the nephew and niece of Randy. But I love that they're you know the protagonists in the movie. So it was not going to be satisfying at all. I, I think they acted well, like uh, Jack Quaid, who's uh that's the dude from the boys, right? Yeah. Jack Quaid. Yep. Um, and then it's um, Mikey Madison who plays the other one. They were fine actors in it all. I like, I, I, I assumed it was Jack Quaid. I did assume them. Like, all right, yeah, it's going to be the boyfriend and they're going to use the fact that he was the first suspect so that we're, we don't suspect him anymore. Classic whodunit stuff. But, yeah, it was just unsatisfying for it to be the fans of Stab to kill Dewey. It's, yeah. you know, maybe some yeah. people will like it because of that. Like, oh, yeah, the fandom is what killed Dewey. But I'm like, I'd, it seems extremely underwhelming that it was them all along. Right. Um, And again, it's like they're going to have a sequel. What What do you do when it's the fans killing them at this point? I'm like, I don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so funny, too, because. I, I made the joke when I was watching. I was just like, essentially, hipsters killed him, right? They're like, oh, my God. I only love the original Stab. The new Stabs suck. 
how could you like that trash? Essentially, right? Yeah, yeah film film snobs, film snobs, horror film snobs. Which yeah. is funny because they were making fun of the film snob in the opening sequence for liking the Babadook, for instance. So that yeah. to me was kind of weird. Um, but I actually thought that they were going to go a different route, and I kind of wish they had. Uh, I was like, why is it that the sister was the only one kept alive in the beginning after each person was thoroughly killed? And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird, but maybe, right, they're going to go with the whole, this person was actually one of the killers, but decided to fake an attack to this level of detail to throw us off. So I actually thought it was the sister and yeah, that's fair. and yeah. the best friend, right? Because they had this weird relationship that they mentioned in the beginning where, you know, she's like, oh, you don't want her to date anyone and you want her to stay with you forever. That's motive enough, isn't it? So I actually thought it was her and the friend doing the killings, mm. which would have been for me significantly better because that's something Scream has never done, which is like attack and almost kill one of the killers in the beginning of the film. So I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity. Um, the boyfriend was just so predictable. I really didn't like it. Honestly, I really didn't like it because they had him saying all yep. the right things, right? He was the quirky, self-aware character. It was just like, why are we doing this? This seems like a terrible idea. It's like, oh yep. no, they're really gonna do that. They're gonna they're it's so obvious that they're trying to hide that he's the killer, and that's the route they took, unfortunately. But I really didn't like that. Um, Dewey got straight up disrespected in this film. They dis they disrespected my boy. Okay. <laughs> my man was stabbed nine times and survived just to get killed by a bunch of fans. A bunch of stands, really. He got killed by a bunch of stands. <laughs> yes. Stab stands. Yeah. Bunch of stab stands. So that um, was unfortunate. Which, which I, that was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Again, like you, if you want to brutally kill him, that's fine. But like you want it to be justified. Like you don't want to find out. You know, Krillin was able to beat Goku or some shit. <laughs> and you, like, you, you know what's funny too? Oh, <laughs> I honestly think this is the only route they can take at this point. Eventually, it's just gonna be like, oh my god, who's the killer? And then they all like reveal themselves to be the killer, not knowing that the other person's a killer. So it's like classic <laughs> like, scary movie one type shit. It's like we're copycatting yeah. a copycat. It's perfect. <laughs> no one will suspect it. Um, and then they all try to murder each other at the end. That'll be the end of that one. You know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. And it's like it'll be like the opening sequence of the Dark Knight with the Joker thieves with the clown masks. Exactly. But Joker will be like Sydney. She just wants to end it all. So she just has all these people kill each other. Um. I'd, I'd that'd be better than just fans murking our boy there. Uh, yeah. I what what also bothered me too. Uh, it was like a, a movie of legacy, so they were even even able to bring back the the Billy Loomis character, right? Yep. He was like haunting her. His uh, was it niece? His, no, daughter, his right? Daughter. That was his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Okay, Billy Loomis's daughter. That's an interesting legacy. What what is what does it do to your psyche where you're the daughter of a serial killer? Um, that's that's actually interesting. I do like that. But okay, it ended in the same house of Stu, right? That was a Act Three was Stu's house. Yep. And there's all these notes of like Stu might be alive. There was a plan for him to come back and what Scream Two or Scream Three, yep. where it was like at one point that was where they're gonna go. So. In their own headcanon, Stu could still be alive, even though it's not film canon quite yet. I like I would have been it would have been way too stuffed if Stu was able to orchestrate this shit from like a jail phone. But 
I would have been annoyed, but more satisfied if it was like Stu's involvement as like the secret benefactor of these characters um, with whatever psychosis he's gone through in the last 25 years. That would have been more satisfying than it just being, again, fans orchestrating it themselves. Maybe Stu is the, the, the Thanos of the Screamverse, right? He, the end game is Stu. I think that's that's maybe what they're going to do. Right, because this one's a okay screamer. I also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's still my favorite character of the entire franchise. He was like, yeah. it's never, it's never top stew for me. I just, he had such great lines. He's like, my parents are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, like the way he acted it too it was just like this character who's just like. Like Matthew Lillard, Lillard is just great. It's great, and I can't tell if Stu was like. Maybe he was on a spectrum in some way because his his whole motivation was just because well Billy wanted to do it. He was like, "Yeah, that's cool with me, man." Peer pressure. <laughs> but I would like to see him like, what does twenty five years in the prison do to a man who just murdered a bunch of his friends? You know, like does that like mature him in a fucked up way, or like what what will happen if he's able to like? make parole after 25 years has passed that's i'm almost interested in that especially since i don't know where where else they're going to take this franchise yeah i mean they they introduced the power of legacies right and the the fact that these movies were for a new generation so it's the the legacies have to die to kind of give birth to something new um i would i wouldn't mind seeing that seeing Stu come back and just finish off the original cast like just just clean up house, right? Have one of the OGs come in and just kill everybody. I mean, yeah, like open the sequences, Gale. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and just you know, obviously him being a more mature adult, being one of the original killers, they could really up the ante with the brutality of it all. Um, I would not mind seeing that. I mean, would Andrew Lillard want to come back at this point to play a, a serial killer and scream? I don't think so. Um, I think he would. I think Matthew's fucking down. I think Matthew literally was fucking. He's like, I feel like every interview, he's always happy that fans still like him. Like, he'll like retweet something like of a fan of like, this is a Matthew Lillard like appreciation post. And he's like, guys, thank you so much. Um, I think he'd be down. Okay. I think he would be. Okay. Um, and I, I'd be down to see that too. I would be down to see that. Um, and I'm looking, it looks like he has an uncredited cameo. Scream for 2. For this Scream. Oh, and Scream 2. Uh, and well. Too. It it says here at Scream obviously, then Scream Three there was one, and then uncredited cameo for Scream twenty twenty two, which I'll have to I don't know I'll have to go back and look to see maybe there's something like a picture it could be like a picture or something. He's like the Waldo um, of Scream. You gotta <laughs> find him in every film. Yeah, I you know I, I take that too. Like he's somewhere in the back. Um, I would also take like a like a weird route where he's actually not the villain anymore. Like he. Was actually rehabilitated somehow. He's the cotton weary hel- of the new one. <laughs> yeah, and he's like actually going to help the Sydney and Gale characters, and like this weird twist of fates. Like sometimes they do with like MCU villains coming to the other side, Very like Hannibal Loki Lecter. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be totally cool with that. Um, I will say, you know, talking about the legacy characters, Sydney and Gale, I like that a lot of their decisions were smart decisions. Like they were the ones who, you know, they obviously been through it for two and a half decades. Too old for this shit. Sydney has a good life. You know, she has a, you know, a, a partner and kids and she comes back like, you know, she's fucking strapped. She has fucking enter and exit plans. Like, you know, she's battle tested. Like she can fight. She can throw those hands. 
And, you know, they come out of it not unscathed, but I like that if you're going to have these legacy characters, they can't be like the the new generation of characters who are, you know, stupid young kids who really haven't been in a horror film before. Yeah. These guys have been in it for four straight movies. So this fifth one, they're like, we know what to do here. Like, we know how to probably survive and save some of you. So yeah. I, I did enjoy that take. It's almost like how they did with Halloween, the Halloween characters. It's just like, yeah, I know how to, I got to stay strapped to beat this entity. Right. Um, so I did I did appreciate that uh, Nev and Courtney Cox were able to come through like seasoned veterans and take care of business. Man, I hope so, because after after four films, if you still haven't started making the right decisions, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm beginning to think Dewey wasn't the one who's supposed to die here. Um, but they <laughs> yeah. even play they even play that up in the beginning of the final act. Right. They see one of the killers come out in typical Stu fashion because Stu does this in the first film where he'll, he pretends to be attacked with blood on his hands. Um, they're like, is that a trap? Yeah, definitely a trap. And mm. they try to shoot her <laughs> and then she retreats shooting at them. So I, I did enjoy that. Um, one of the things that I found interesting was they really toned it down with the legacy characters. I mean, they were present, but they really weren't the highlight of the film. Even in the final mm. act, Sidney Prescott doesn't do much. Um, they, I mean, her and Gail worked together to take down one of the killers, but that's only because someone of the new cast put in work and attacked that character. Yeah, first. it was uh, the Sam Carpenter character, right. who was, uh, yeah, Billy Loomis's daughter, which I appreciate. Like, you have the daughter of Billy with, you know, the former ex of Billy. Yeah. Uh, with Nev and then, you know, Gail. Like, all right, that's a fair new trio of people who have tremendous amount of PTSD working together to kill these kill these people and like right. uh the Jack Quaid character the amount of times he got fucking shanked like goddamn like like I, I did enjoy how they died like at least it was like kind of a spectacle like I haven't seen in the Scream franchise someone get lit on fire on a stove and then run at them crazy like like Chucky uh, Tiffany and Bride of Chucky yeah, yeah. like Chucky <laughs> and then get shot up it was straight up. It was straight up Tiffany from Brad and Chuck. That actually straight up was. Uh, um, what I, but I appreciate that. What I also liked was uh, the fact that in the, that they actually, got, I, f- I think the actor's name who plays Billy Loomis is something Ulrich, right? Zeke Ulrich, Skeet Ulrich, something up. like that. But they actually got him to come back for this movie. They actually, you could tell they de-aged him with CGI. But the fact that oh, they yeah. were to get someone who hasn't been seen since the original film to come back and play a cameo like that was cool. I didn't really like the whole it's your Jiminy Cricket kind of thing in your subconscious. Yeah, that was just weird. Like I don't know why he would be in her subconscious like that, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. And then they try to make it seem like he like that was helpful to the character. Right? Like it like it's a redemption for Billy of some kind. It's like, no, he was a crazy psychopath who murdered people. I don't know why you're listening to this voice in your head. I'm very concerned for you. Uh, so I, I didn't think it did anything for the story at all. Like, I don't know what they were trying to prove with having Billy Loomis being the subconscious, but wasn't a fan. Yeah. Like, like I like the idea of legacy haunting the character. Like, the whole, like, my dad is a notorious serial killer in this town that I was raised in. Right. Um, so I could, like I like that haunting the conscious, but yeah, the way they executed it was weird, especially at the end where it's like, yeah, let your killer out, let him out, 
And then, you know, she you know, stabs the fuck out of this dude. And I'm like, uh, what? what's the messaging here? I'm no, no. What am I, what's the takeaway that we're supposed to have with uh, this Billy Loomis influence? And uh, uh, Ski Ulrich is what he Skeet goes Ulrich, by yeah. in the actor world. Ski Ulrich. But man. Uh, yeah, that one's, it's, it's, a, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, but I do like that character at least. Like I can see her in the future films. I'll be, I'll be happy to follow her journey to see where they take her. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I thought this movie was fine. I thought the cast was fine. I really love the fact that they went out of their way to kill anybody who was in the sequels very quickly. Uh, like, for instance, the cop. Yeah, the, the, the deputy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the deputy and uh, her son got just wrecked. I felt so bad. <laughs> I, she got- I know. I felt bad, too. Like, for one, she just got in this franchise, man. And also, damn, they killed Wes. Damn. The man was just trying to get some food. Right? Which yeah. by the way, that was a nice ass kitchen. That that's how I know I'm getting old as a thirty year as a thirty year old now. Cause it was nice. I saw that kitchen, I'm like, damn, this movie's cool and all, but look at that kitchen. That's swag. I want a kitchen like that in the future. Um, so my Martha Stewart was coming out just a little bit, but he got <laughs> murked. My man just wanted some sushi or, or or something to dip in some soy sauce and he, he got stabbed in the face. Uh, which was rough. <laughs> But yeah, I'll, I'm always like, I'm always kind of frustrated with these like serial killer killings because it's, I get it, it's it's like a spooky mass, so psych- like the psychology's at play. But it is a human being with a knife, and that is dangerous. But it's like, how are they able to kill this many people? Like this many? Like come on, someone, you know, you know what I want? I want a sincere. Uh, so next scream. This is what I want. Opening sequence. The would-be killed character kills the kills the mask dude, kills the ghost face carrying dude. First scene, just murks them. Just like, yeah, no, it's fine. You're just a fucking kid in a mask. Now you're. And then dead. he dies. To the I, second that's what one. I want. That would be funny. Like he got one. <laughs> sure. He got yeah. one, but the other one comes yep. in and finishes the job. Um, that's one thing I didn't mind though. I felt like every kill in that movie, barring the stu- the the Dewey one was because they caught the character by surprise, which is actually really, it's really true. Like, you could have the greatest training, you could be the buffest person, but if someone surprises you with a knife and they get that first hit in, there's not much you're going to be able to do. Um, oh, yeah, surprise shanks, very valid. Which Very which, valid way to, well, reason why to die. Which is what yeah. they use throughout this whole film. I mean, even the deputy, she got caught by surprise because she was in distress and she was going towards the house. The killer was hiding in the bushes. Wes... You know, they did that whole thing, like him opening a bunch of doors and still nothing, still nothing, still nothing. And then he was caught by surprise. Um, Dewey was surprised by his cell phone before he got stabbed. Um, so that man should have shot him from a distance. God damn it, Dewey. I know that part. I know. I, 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 yeah, don't don't even get me started. But <laughs> that, they at least did that in a believable way, which is fine. But I always do laugh because in the first scream, there's just random shots where like Ghostface is chilling in the same convenience store. They're getting supplies, and it's like, how does no one see that in broad daylight and not think that's? I weird? know. <laughs> He's in a black robe. It's like twelve p.m. Exactly. It's like what? <laughs> but you know what this franchise needs? Any any franchise that has been a successful remake has one actor in it that they need to hire. They need to hire Dwayne the Rock Johnson for these scream films, right? For the finale, <laughs> they need Dwayne the Rock Johnson as the new deputy gets into this huge fucking fight with Ghostface in typical Fast and Furious style and just starts wrecking face, starts throwing teenagers through the through the ceiling and shit. 
That's that's the final scream <laughs> I want to see. That's fair. The the ghost face character will be uh, Vin Diesel. Exactly. It'll be exactly. <laughs> we to get the final The Rock versus Vin Diesel fight. <laughs> Did Jason Statham in there? You know. Oh sure, yeah. Let's have a whole like Expendables cast. It's like, <laughs> I love it. These buff ass people carrying it through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. And since they're starting production in the summer, like I, like Scream Six is gonna come out soon. Um, if you, you mean know, nothing screams. crazy happens with <sighs> <yeah>. stab ten, <laughs> um, yeah, barring COVID or World War Three, we should get it in the next couple of years. So, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what that. You know what I actually want? I want Doctor Strange's uh, Multiverse of Madness crossover with Scream. Yeah, it's one of the Just verses. Have all the killers interact with one another. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like a whole Scream off exactly situation. Yeah, Scream competition. I love it. I love it. Instead of trying to kill the the villains, we try to save them. You know, oh, get Billy his yes. mom back. <laughs> get Stu some counseling. <laughs> yeah. How to stand up to peer pressure? Exactly. Stu. Exactly. exactly. See, they never saw those PSAs. That's the problem. Though they were everywhere yeah. in the '90s, somehow they missed them. That that was the issue. Um, I will ask you this though, because this is always very important with movies like this. What was your favorite kill, and why? Uh, favorite kill, favorite kill, favorite kill. Um, I mean, like the, I don't know if it's my favorite, but like the whole Wes and Deputy Kill combo actually did make me sad. Like the family's wiped out and he just kind of used, you know, the, the son's impending murder to first kill the deputy. That's smart because, you know, she's going to come through with cops and then murk the son. I thought I was... There's some tragedy in wiping out a family, um, so I I enjoyed the 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 tact of that at least. And there was also I forgot who got stabbed this way, but like the knife came like through the side of the throat. It was like right through it, and I forgot who that, that was. was. Wes. But this the visual that was Wes. Which one was that yeah. Wes? Okay, yeah. It's like the visual of it coming out right this right at the side. It was like I never seen a knife in a movie do that like it's usually like cut it right in the throat or a slice but it was like just pin like pinning them down right at like the tendon back here i'm like oh that that looks very awful um so that's probably my favorite uh favorite stab right there okay yeah i'd I'd actually i'd have to agree with you i mean if in terms of brutality even though it wasn't a kill tara getting attacked in the beginning was rough because they literally stomp on her ankle and break her ankle which, right, which yeah, I've yeah. never seen in a Scream film before, so that was cool. Uh, but she didn't die, technically, so I can't add that. So, yeah, I would say Wes and his mom just got the worst of it because uh, his mom got stabbed, like, 16 times outside. And then Wes, like you said, he just had that s- – he, he, he saw his death coming, and there was nothing he could do about it, which is just the worst, right? You, yep. You're trying so hard to – and you know what's weird to me? I it, obviously they never tell you who killed who out of the killers, right? It's just them being one singular entity for the whole film until they reveal themselves. It would be really weird if the girl who looked like she was this thin was the one who overpowered and muscled Wes. Like I'm just saying, like I'm not, I'm not here to get into the argument. She, she, like, oh my God, women are not. Yeah, as she, she's 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 a small she one. She looked yeah, very she's a small frail. One. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, she she's the one who killed Dewey, I believe, right? Because yeah. she made the comment of like, "I'm going to be able to kill like both legacy characters or whatever." Yeah. Um. 
So, you know, she, I mean, she came through like some body armor or something like she, she was, I mean, actually she had to, right. Cause she got shot like five yeah. times. Yeah. Why don't you at least get a broken rib from that? Like, what? What are they? What the fuck are they encasing those robes with? Uh, she, but, she, yeah, she was jacked for some strange reason. <laughs> I have no idea. But it would be to fandom, man. Fandom runs strong. The, yeah, the fandom fuels these <laughs> these characters so hard. Um, I did also fifteen year old chugger. I also did like that. Uh, that Dewey called it in the very beginning. He's like, "Oh, you're the killer." Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and he acknowledges. <laughs> I it. did, I did, I did laugh at that too. Yeah. Like, yo, he got it act one. Like, damn, that's a seasoned vet right there. <laughs> I I appreciate that. I did appreciate the Sydney Gale. Like, at one point, they're like, "All right, literally shoot anyone you see." Like, they're like, "Shoot on sight," which is like, you know, that's fucked up. But it it matches their characters at that point where it's like, no, we're not going to be fucking, we're not going to die here. Like, I got a family and shit. I got shit I want to do. We are going to kill anyone who just pops up right now. Yeah, fuck these kids. In the words of Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was was a fuck these kids energy. And I appreciate that in horror movies. Like, fuck it all. If you kill everyone in this horror movie, no one's left to kill you but each other. So, all all power to them. And I do like the compare and contrast that they did between Sydney and the new character. uh, Because she asked her at the very end, she's like, will I be okay? She's like, you will, but not anytime soon. But eventually... Um, and that's why it's yeah. so. Yeah, she's like, yeah, you won't be okay, but you know, eventually something you'll you'll get over it in some way. Exactly. Um, so I did enjoy that because you know, obviously Sidney Prescott has gone through this for I guess five movies now, um, four actively, five passively, but she is like the beacon of hope, right? Despite all of that, she was still able to find someone to marry, have kids with, live an enjoyable life. Um, so she is that typical beacon of hope, not just for Scream, but for any horror franchise. Because I don't think I've ever seen a slasher franchise or a horror franchise where, let alone one main character has stuck around without dying, and two has led a successful life and a happy life at the very end, right? Because I feel like that goes against a lot of horror film tropes where that secret ending always, you know, the killer always comes back or the character is always taken by surprise, so on and so forth. So that was refreshing to see. On a lot yeah. of levels, um, and For sure. and one thing I did notice was beside Chad, everyone else who was alive was a female. So it almost it almost feels like they're going the all female approach for Scream going forward. I don't know if that was on sure. purpose. Yeah, or not. I, I won't. I mean, yeah, I like the idea of more women surviving these, and the only you know black character surviving. I was really happy about that. Like, yeah, let's have more diversity in these uh, main castings. Yeah. Um, and I like to comment on like, she has a happy life, like still fucked up PTSD. She has to kill a killer every like five to 10 years for some reason, but it's just, you know, it's something you know, she, she does. She, now. Ma- she made her life. She just, it is opposite of like the, uh, the Strodes, right? The Lori Strodes character who just like complete, like whack job, if you will, rightfully because that, you know, a terrible thing happened, but she's like, like obsessive. With what happened to her, she was not able to come over her PTSD. To be fair, though, versus versus this. To be fair, there's not some teenagers attacking Laurie Strode. Okay, it's the fucking boogeyman. Who, <laughs> you know, if you want to check that out, I think we did a review on Halloween Kills, right, or the Halloween franchise in general. The, we, we we reviewed the entire Halloween franchise, Sans Halloween Kills. There you go. So check that out if you want more details on that. But let me just say, after Halloween Kills, that's not a man. That's that's a that's something else entirely. Okay, that that I get it, Laurie Strode. I'd be 
popping pillies too if I had that thing chasing me versus two really fanatical teenagers. But, you know, it was cool. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. in terms of rankings, man, right, we, we've told the people, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. And, of course, guys, let us know what your rankings are on the Scream franchise. But for sure, how do you rank them now? Tell me. I think the randissimo ranking of Scream films, not including the television series, is Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream, I'm going to call it Scream 5, that's what it is, Scream 5, um, and then maybe the Scream 3 and 4 are hard because I don't really like either one, but I think I'm going to go I'm going to go three, then four. I think I actually like three a little more than four. Wow. It's controversial. It is pretty yes. controversial. One, two, five, three, four. Okay. I would say for me it was one, five, four, two, and three. Um, mm, okay. I don't actually, I, I feel like I'm in the minority here, but for me, Scream 2 was really derivative. It really didn't do anything different from the first one. Uh, the intro sequence was weak. You know, I, I love Jada Pinkett, but that was a really weak intro. It didn't last very long. Um, it was definitely a weird, a weird one. Yeah, and it just, it just seemed to, like, they wasted too many moments in that movie with just slice of life moments, which didn't do anything for me for a scream movie. Um, and then yeah, that's right. I think, I think what makes it for me is like the the motivation of the whodunits. I appreciate like, okay, it's directly tied to Billy. It's directly tied to what just happened. So I appreciate those reviews like, oh, okay, that would make sense. Why that character's going crazy and getting some vengeance. Um, so I think that, that puts it over a bit for me. But uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, definitely fair. And four, I actually did enjoy four. Maybe it's because I'm biased and we saw it. It was really gauged towards our generation. Um, also really weird in my brain because Scream 4 doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But it was 10 years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Because that was the advertisement for Scream 4 when it came out, right? New Decade. Last one came out in the year 2000. Um, yeah, It had Hayden Panettiere in it. It had the Culkin brother in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, these are these are people who are still very much acting now. Again, like... Yeah, they're our age. They're our age. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it, it was. So that's very strange for me. But I thought the killer in Scream <laughs> 4 was... Very psychotic and very scary, um, especially towards the ending sequence. So, I did like that. That's fair. I just, yeah. Um, I didn't care. For, I didn't care for the cousin. I was like, eh, okay, all right, sure. that's fine. That's fine. Cousin. That was. I like that to be honest. Um, but hey, man, we're all biased in our own way. That's what makes films beautiful. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah. You know, Malum Pictures. Follow us on Twitch. We do these every Monday. We we're right now we're switching between. After the act and the Magic Conch. So if you want to check out our previous Magic Conch episode, it's on Twitch right now, um, labeled The Money Episode. Uh, we'll be releasing them on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Um, every week. Uh, we're just getting ourselves back in the mode of doing those things. So check us out next Monday for an epi- another episode of The Magic Conch. We have our Multiplayer Tuesdays coming up tomorrow. Probably do some more Bigfoot on the new map. And then, you know, Gungeon on Thursday for 8-Bit Retro Thursdays. And then some uh, some fun on console this Sunday. Uh, but other than that, we appreciate the love, guys. We're at 55 out of 100. 
before the year, by the end of the year, that's our goal. So thank you guys for making all this possible. We love you. Um, any closing thoughts, Randissimo, on Scream or this review or anything in general? Yeah, just happy to be back in this. You know, it's been a while since we've been doing consistent recordings of the podcast. You know, that's where it started, baby. So, you know, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music or Google Play, um, we're going to be there. We're going to be filling your ears as well. We're going to do some editing and putting these on YouTube as well. So just stay tuned. Tell your friends. We love you all. Until next time, peace. Avoid the ghost face in your life. Survive. Take care. Hopefully Ghostface Killer doesn't get offended by these movies. I hope he's in the next one. He he needs okay, that's the, okay, now it's it has to be Ghostface. You he heard it now. Yeah. We're calling it Hires for Riders. We're available. We're very the RZA available. does the soundtrack. I'm all for it. <laughs> shimmy shimmy ya, yeah, shimmy yeah, shimmy shank. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> all right, everyone. Peace. Peace out.